0: It's great. I think mean, we are, uh, we're super excited to be really close to the border. Um, I think from the very beginning, we've both thought that in some respects, the ride from Alaska down to here has been the kind of training, right? We've been dialing in the actually riding your bikes five, six days a week for four to eight hours a day. And the the fun really begins once we cross the border. I have a sense that it's going to feel more like being on vacation once we, once we get into Mexico.
1: This episode of the Ben and Bikes podcast is brought to you by Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. Let's face it, chaps, after a long day in the saddle, we stink. Now you can upgrade your shower game with Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. You want to smell like the forest, there's pine tar. You want to smell like the sea, there's nautical sage. And if you want to smell like you just got off a boat in the Caribbean, there's bay rum. Visit drsquatch.com. That's dot com for more detail. And now to this week's episode of Ben and Bikes.
2: You're listening to Ben and Bikes with your host, Ben Lockett. This podcast is about bikes, but more about the people who ride them and their stories, and less about frame size, shock technology, or even the Tour de France. This is Bed & Bikes, where every bike tells a story.
1: Back in April, I interviewed Sophie George and Chris Haig just before they set off for Alaska to begin their 20,000-mile two-year Bicycle Adventure, starting in Homer, Alaska, and ending in Osweya, Argentina. The episode was called The Places IP, and if you want to know about why I named the episode this way, or why their website, theplacesip.com, is so called, I suggest you listen to the episode. But here we are, about six months after that episode, and they have made it all the way from Homer to the Mexican border via a brief layover at their home base in St. George, Utah. Full disclosure, listeners, I interviewed Sophie and Chris during that layover in Utah, but a few days later, disaster struck. When I went to download the interview from my recording device, the file had become corrupted. I literally tried every tool out there to no avail. But thanks to Chris and Sophie and their understanding, we've agreed to talk again this time from close to the U.S.-Mexican border in Arizona. As ever, you can track their ongoing progress by going to their website, theplacesip.com. Chris and Sophie, welcome back to the Ben & Bikes podcast for an episode that I'm calling The Places IP 2 Take 2. And you are the first (laughs) returning guests on the podcast. And as I was saying before, that's not because no one wanted to when when I invited them or indeed, uh, they offer to do so. But you are definitely the first returning guest on the podcast. Welcome back.
0: Thank you. It's an honor to be the first returning guest. <laughs>
3: Great to be back, man.
1: And uh, in the interest of full disclosure again to, uh, to my listeners, we've literally now attempted this like three times today, uh, but I think we're off to the races uh, and, we, and we should be good. Uh, so uh, tell us where you guys are right now.
3: We are in Tucson, Arizona, and I guess exactly, we're at the corner of 6th and Campbell uh, at a friend's bike shop.
1: <laughs> nice. I was looking at, a, at the Google Hangouts video that we've got going right now, and I do see that you have A, a bike frame behind you, and B, a very famous uh, photograph from the Tour de France um, that I enjoy and my, we have in our house as well.
2: You're, oh, nice. you're
1: more observant than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fit, you are, your backs are to it. So, you know, that, that would make <laughs> sense. So you've got to um, Arizona. Google tells me that's about 4,000 miles uh, from Homer, Alaska, from where you started. Uh, how does it feel to have, have got this far?
0: It's great. I think mean, we're, uh, we're super excited to be really close to the border. Um, I think from the very beginning, we've both thought that in some respects, the ride from Alaska down to here has been the kind of training, right? We've been dialing in the actually riding your bikes five, six days a week for four to eight hours a day. And the the fun really begins once we cross the border. I have a sense that it's gonna feel more like being on vacation once we once we get into Mexico.
3: Yeah. yeah. I'm a bit nervous. We're kinda out of Amazon territory. So if we like need any like last minute pieces of gear, kind of on our own from here.
0: Yeah, we're going directly from here to REI.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the last time we spoke was back in in Utah. Sleeping in your own bed and having consistent access to hot water must have been the ultimate luxury for you, I would imagine.
3: Absolutely, but you know, there's there's a lot to be said for showering out of a two-liter bottle as well.
1: That's uh, that's very true. Uh, I think you have a dog there. Was he or she pleased to see you when you got home?
0: She was. She was initially a little. She snubbed us a little bit. I. Shoulder, yeah, and she she was yeah. a bit confused, I think, but she she warmed up, and actually, that's it was kind of the heartbreaking thing about leaving a game because she just got back to the point of seeming like she was expecting us to be there every day, and and then we disappeared again. So that's a, that was yeah, that was definitely the hardest aspect about deciding to yeah quit our jobs and get on our bikes for a couple of years. Um, Who uh, who's
1: taking care of your dog when you're not there?
3: Uh, we've got a, a couple of good friends back in St. George that amazingly they took over our lease at the place that we were renting they bought half our furniture and and they're watching the dog so
0: they assumed they, our identities yeah basically <laughs>
3: couldn't really work out any better
1: uh yeah Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see how much bonding has happened between your dog and your friends when you get back and whether they actually want to hand it back to you or not.
3: (laughs) Yeah, she's had some indigestion, so I guess that (laughs) you're probably probably happy to turn her back over.
1: So when we first spoke back in sort of April-May timeframe, you famously told me that that you guys had no planned route to get from Homer to Argentina. So what states have you been through? In order to get, uh, and in countries, of course, uh, to get from uh, from Homer to Tucson.
0: Okay, well, so um test of my geography and memory simultaneously here. So from Homer, we um, we started off by going north because I'd never been to Alaska, and I re- and we were so close to Denali National Park. I was like, well, we should we should really just just pop in. It's only two hundred and fifty miles away. Um, right. So we went north to Denali, and then we played around in the park for a bit, and then we cut east through Alaska, Mm. crossed into the, into Canada, into the Yukon Territory, and then we...
3: British Columbia.
0: Yeah, we struck south through BC. Down
3: the uh, Cassiar Highway, and then from Prince Rupert in British Columbia, we took a ferry to Vancouver Island, and then we had to take another ferry back to the mainland, rode down the Sunshine Coast, through Vancouver, down the west Now You can't really go down the west coast of Washington, but down western Washington around Seattle, you're on the 101. And once you hit Oregon, you can ride down the coast. Right, And then the middle of the Oregon coast, we cut into central Oregon through Eugene and Bend, and then down into like the just kind of bit off the northeastern corner of California through Nevada across US 50. So that's sort of from Reno heading due east. And then kind of diagonally back down into St. George, Utah. And then from there, we had to go back into Nevada. Well, actually, first a little bit into Arizona, then back into Nevada. Then
0: in Cali. Then
3: back into Cali. Yeah. Then now we're in Arizona again. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah Absolutely. And I think, so would you agree that- You don't want about- to know
3: all the roads, do you? <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, that, this, this is good. They, uh, well, we don't need to tr- test your memory too much. That, would, that was perfect. But would your bike computers or yourselves concur that it's about 4,000 miles to this point?
0: Yes, yeah, so I try to turn on Strava every day when we when we start riding. And of course, I fail often, but mm-hmm. it's logged, I think, 4,600 miles for us so far. So... You know, so if, yeah, you're pretty spot
1: on. Well, I don't know. If you're if you're not good with Strava, maybe we're closer to 5,000 miles than 4,000. <laughs> possibly true. But of course, all those miles that you haven't done didn't actually take place if they weren't recorded on Strava. So you'll have to go back and do them.
3: So to that note, when we were riding into St. George, it was going to be our first 100 mile day of the trip. And... She forgot to turn Strava on until like three miles in. So when we got to St. George, we had to circle the block like <laughs> 10 times <laughs> to, to make up that extra three miles because if it doesn't happen on the internet, it doesn't Clearly. happen.
1: Absolutely. You, you're you're, absolutely, you're correct. So on, on the way down, you've obviously been uh, been camping, I assume. What about places that, that you stayed? I, I presume that sometimes you've been staying in people's houses. Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, we've done a a mixture of camping and mostly camping. Probably eighty percent of the time we camp, and sometimes that's campgrounds, and sometimes it's you know some spot by the side of the road wherever we get to at the end of the day. Um, and then the rest of the time we've been doing some warm showers. So we've been hosted by some warm showers hosts. And then through Nevada, it got really really cold for a succession of nights, so we treated ourselves to some motels. So yeah. When I get to the end of my the end of my whatever and I'm like done for the day and I don't want to camp, then mm-hmm. then we do treat ourselves. But it's we've probably done only, I don't know, eight eight or ten nights in, in hotels, motels along the way. Mm-hmm. Our tent feels like home, actually. It's pretty nice.
3: Yeah, most of the time it's sort of nicer to stay in the tent at this yeah, point. Sure.
1: I do remember enough about the last interview that we had that you had a little bit of a of a scary experience with one of the warm showers hosts that you that you stayed with would you care to uh, recount that
3: yeah it was in oregon and it, you know it, we've we've hosted on warm showers for a number of years we've used it now on on this trip but probably for 20 nights or something and and we had used it before we've never had a bad experience in any kind of way with it and um and we did have somebody that i guess i would just you know to to put it lightly we had some very different views on politics and
0: different ideological <laughs> different <laughs> ideological stances yeah i guess i, I would say then that this person was unstable enough and scary enough that we don't necessarily want to broadcast widely yeah. too many details about what happened
1: i, I understand um, but but needs to say i mean that's to be expected though i mean on such a long Ride across such a huge swath of countries that you're going to have great experiences and then some not not so great experiences as well. Are you prepared for for all of the above?
3: Yeah, yeah in, you know I mean I guess it is the kind of thing that you like you said you we're going to pass through a lot of places and meet a lot of people, and although most of them are going to be good and great people, yeah there's going to be a jerk or two along the way.
1: yeah. So when we spoke back in April, Chris, uh, you said that you were most worried about bears uh, when you were when you were just about to set off. Uh, Sophie, you said you were most worried about traffic and drivers. Uh, now that you are, you know, almost leaving an, uh, America, should you have been worried about those two things, and what should you have been worried about?
3: <laughs> we definitely should have been worried about cars, and and Sophie we'll, can maybe. Talk more about the recent experience with that. Right. Um, bears weren't it was it was a weird thing in, in Alaska and in the Yukon, like they were there and you knew that they were there. There were signs of them everywhere. We'd camp and there would be paw prints and scat all over the ground. There was one night where I saw it, Sophie didn't see it, but I pointed it out to her in the morning that right behind our tent, uh, we were sleeping under a, a bridge our first night in the Yukon, and, and there was this huge log on the ground that just had claw marks all <laughs> over it from from yogi scratching his uh
0: sharpening his claws right (laughs) i was really grateful that he didn't point it out that night and it was just as we were packing up the tent that he he showed it to me (laughs) and we
3: and we saw quite a few while we were riding and it's definitely nerve-wracking when that happens but for the most part none of them really had any interest in us yeah
0: Yeah, they're busy eating berries like they they would look up they you know look at you for a second and then get back to doing what they were doing rooting around in the ground so yeah they were they weren't as they weren't as scary as i had thought that they would be i definitely was glad that i had done some research and like had a good you know a good plan in my head of what i should do when i saw a bear which we only messed up once so the i think it was the first we'd seen grizzlies but it was the first black bear and it was the first bear that we saw that was really close to the road right. uh, and i saw it from a way off chris was chris was riding in front of me and i wasn't totally sure what it was it was just this kind of unfeasibly black thing off you know off the side of the road so i sped up to, so that we would pass it at the same time so as we passed it it then moved and i saw that it was a black bear you know 20 feet away from us and i i i shouted bear left to him um and he of course cuz i'm a little bit of a backseat driver sometimes um he thought i was telling him to Go left. <laughs> so he's then yelling, "You know what? What are you talking about?" Of course, then the bear looks up because um, we're shouting at each other, and I'm like, "There is a bear on your left. Don't don't ride towards it in the path of that truck." It was yeah. We it, we it, agreed it, afterwards we shouldn't talk about the bears until after we've passed them. Yeah, <laughs> so. right.
1: That that's probably yeah. really good 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 thinking. <laughs> what on earth happened on the road with a car, though, Sophie? Oh
0: uh, yeah, this was um, so. I will say that most people will have been great. Like, we haven't felt particularly threatened by traffic. Um, you know, we've. People always ask us, oh, how how is it with the big trucks passing you? And, you know, 99.5% of people are super respectful and give you tons of room. Yeah. And, and, and you also get really nice stuff. So people giving you thumbs up yeah. and, uh, you know, just kind of nice interactions with drivers. But, yeah, on the way down, it was the worst bit of road that we've been on the whole trip. It was coming down the east side of Lake Havasu.
3: Don't ever ride Highway 95 around Lake Havasu.
0: Atrocious. And yeah. And so through Havasu, Lake Havasu City, there was just an RV driver in one of those kind of huge coach type things who he actually was stopped at the traffic light and he beeped at us and was making these kind of hand motions, which we later realized he was indicating that we should get off the road, get out of his way. And when we were both confused and didn't do anything, and then he just, I mean, he was two feet behind my back wheel just revving his engine and like advancing and then backing off and advancing and wow. backing off and i gave him a really nice hand signal which probably didn't help this situation but but yeah i mean we did end up getting out of their way because he was so aggressive and so scary well, no we couldn't get out of the way
3: they had to drive around us eventually because there was no shoulder we were on a road with just a, a six inch curb to our right so oh. yeah eventually they just kind of.
1: Did you take his, uh, did you take a photograph of his license plate or anything?
3: No, it's so, it's so hard to, you know, in a moment like that, to try to like pull your phone because they're in holders on our handlebars to try to like pull that out while you're like also checking behind you to see if somebody's really going to kill you or not. It, it's all a little, a little too hectic. I always think about that after the fact that I should have done it, but yeah. I was kind of lose sight of it in the moment.
2: Yeah. yeah, and it
0: really felt like one of those drivers who just who who genuinely believe that we shouldn't be on the road, right? Yeah. That we don't have any right to be there. And but I mean, as we said, that's the absolute minority of, totally. of incidents. Um, it's been it's been great for the most part.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the uh, the two percenters. That's that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that that's true. Uh, when you say the road around Lake Havasu is to be avoided, are you saying because of the because of that type of thing, or the or the surface is bad?
3: Uh, Because of things like that, it's, um, it's just a, there's no shoulder, there's a ton of RV traffic. And it's, it's one of those just kind of sprawling areas of like strip malls and parking lots with cars coming in and out of this four or six lane boulevard. And it's just really, really stressful riding. Just, you know, this sort of place is just really didn't put much thought into bike infrastructure, right? Well,
1: I'm sorry you went through that, that uh, that will be a uh, story to tell, but uh, uh, on the bad side of the line, I don't think you'll get many more of those. So anyway, right. So uh, if you compared the weight of your bicycles, uh, when you set off from Alaska to where, you know, right now, as you set off to cross the Mexican border, what is the difference in weight between those bicycles?
3: Probably 10 pounds each. Do You think? I think so pounds
1: yeah, I mean, I
0: thought so I set off with a massive computer, like so with my laptop, which is a full size 15 inch screen, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, it was also expensive. So then I'm being precious about it. Oh, and right. that yeah. that was clearly a ridiculous idea. So I just I traded it in and I, I do have some work to do along the way. So I do need something. But I got myself a little notebook Chrome pad, you know, Right. Chromebook type thing that's right. uh, if I throw it in a lake, it doesn't matter. Um, and it's 10 inches, uh, yeah. but yeah, the... you,
3: you dropped a frying pan, a
0: frying pan, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I had like a bunch of random electronic things. That I got rid of the drone. clothing. Yeah, the drone. The drone is getting shipped back to Utah. We we had a we had a drone that we were carrying, and great as the photography is from it, it's just more trouble than it's worth. Yep. So we're sending that back. Although I just bought a I bought a ukulele today, so I'm not I'm not doing great as was, far as it was literally
1: um, only a question of time before you bought either a harmonica or a ukulele.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's all the pictures that I've seen of everybody on Instagram. They've got a ukulele and then they've got the little metal cup like tied to the back of their bike, like kind of dangling off. And so I kind of needed to needed to step up my game.
1: I'm taking a break from the Benham Bikes podcast to tell you more about Dr. Squatch natural soap for men made with natural ingredients from the earth, like oils, plants, goat's milk, Greek yogurt and oatmeal turn your post-ride shower game up to 11 and get ready to get out of the shower feeling alive. Ship straight to your door, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And if you sign up for monthly automatic soap delivery, you'll get free shipping on all orders. Visit drsquatch.com, that's dot com for more details. And now back to this week's podcast. Uh, looking, looking back behind you at the distances that you have traveled between here and um, between where you are right now and Utah, other than the guy who tried to run you off the road by Lake Havasu, who I am predicting right now, Karma will visit him and he <laughs> will have flat tires all the way between wherever he is now and wherever he's going. What would you say is the, uh, what, what is the low point of, of your trip so far? And there will be the opposite question in a minute, but in terms of the low point.
2: I
0: without question, my low point was a day and so so the thing that I find the hardest, and I never would have predicted this, is wind. Yeah. Right? Like the wind Nightmare. just kills yep. me. Hate wind. <laughs> like yeah. I can I can climb all day because you get to the top of the hill and when you get to the top of the hill you get to go down it again but if the wind blows at you it can be like that for weeks and you never there's no there's never a guaranteed payback and so there was a day when we just had a i don't know a 25 mile an hour headwind and then it was gusting like you know 30 40 miles an hour and it just did me in and i it was the only day that i cried like whilst riding the bike I think by the time Chris noticed that I was that I was all puffy eyed I'd been crying for about 90 minutes while, while riding um, and then I just didn't really get it back together we pulled into this town this horrible little town in California that shall remain nameless and it just there was no redeeming features about this town and I you know I kind of built it into into my head that we, we were gonna we we're gonna end up in this cute little place and that that everything would be fine and it was this kind of sketchy scary little town and uh, so yeah I just continued to cry for much of the rest of the afternoon (laughs) but but yeah we got that was one of the nights when we treated ourselves to a hotel and I had a bath and um, lay on the floor and then I got up the next morning and got back on my bike and it was it was all fine the wind stopped. Was, uh,
1: (laughs) Was there a cup of tea involved at some point?
0: A cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> now a massive glass of wine. <laughs> yeah.
3: Maybe, maybe the better part of a bottle.
2: Yeah.
3: For me, it was actually, it was actually in St. George. I don't remember if we had talked about this. This may have happened after the last time we spoke. I don't remember, but I got, I got sick huh. just as we got into St. George. And without going into, um, heavy detail, I'll just say that I appear to have gotten food poisoning. And I'm the kind of guy that with my phone, I, I never changed the ringer on it from the factory ringer. And so I have like the, um, got like one of those like horribly annoying, like happy go lucky. Millennial anthem ringtones uh, on my phone, right. and I was I was laying on the bathroom floor after puking my guts out, uh. and it was like six o'clock in the morning, and a, uh. and his telemarketer kept calling, uh. and I was like <laughs> too too weak to reach in my back pocket and shut the ringer off on my phone, and I just I laid there like in in cold sweats, thinking I was going to die with this horribly happy tune coming out of my phone. At that point, I was just like, my God, if this, if I got sick, if I got like food poisoning or or I got, you know, like the, you know, traveler diarrhea from the water or something in the middle of Mexico, like while we were on the bikes, right? um, like in the middle of a 200 mile stretch with no town or something like that, that would just be atrocious. Yeah, that would be atrocious, Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Yeah, we were lucky we were lucky that it was Saint George and we had a bathroom and hot water and a bed and all of those things that right. we haven't necessarily we can't take for granted yeah. in these last six months.
1: Before we get into the the next the opposite of low point, how hard was it leaving St George, like getting back on the road again the first day?
0: I was kinda gonna- ready to go, I think. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was really, really nice to be there, but just kind of creepy how easily you fall back into doing, you know, riding the old same routes that you used to ride and, you know, just. Yeah, just life, like life as normal. And so we were there for three weeks and it was really, really nice to sit still and, and not do too much riding or right. too much of anything, really. But, right. um, but no, I was, like I said before, itching to get to Mexico. I'm excited about the next phase. So it felt it felt like a good amount of time to rest and then I was ready to go.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure of that, no doubt. Uh, okay, so a uh, high point of the trip so far.
3: Oh wow! So so pointing <laughs> to me to answer first on that. It's so hard because there's so many things. I I think that without maybe saying one in particular. Well, you know the the Denali Highway in Alaska was like definitely one of my favorite sections. And and I think that on that, you know, when you you're doing something like this and you, it, it's the kind of thing that like for me, like I've been dreaming about taking a couple of years to travel and. And I've just had something like this in the back of my head for years. And so at some point you realize that this is what you're doing and this is your life. And, and I think I had one of those moments, like as as we're riding through the Denali highway and you're sitting here with just these incredible mountains on each side and, you know, and there's wildlife and you're looking at the road, just going endlessly for miles and miles around you yeah. and, um, and kind of in, in, in your head, you just sort of think like, this is me. This is what I'm doing for the next couple of years. And and you kind of get like that little, uh, you know, little bit of shakes in your body when, when you have that realization. So, oh, shit. Um, but, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and, and, I, and I think that, so the highlight for me has been, so it's multiple highlights because it's been people and just people have been so amazingly yep. generous and yep. kind yep. and warm to us. And I don't know if it's something about being on a bike that makes you seem unthreatening or vulnerable, but just people are so keen to look after you. And and actually, um, it was up in Denali. And this is, like I said, many, many people. So this is just one example. But this couple who... We rolled into this campground in Denali National Park and it was one of the days that we got dumped on and we, we really just weren't prepared for it. So it was 40 degrees, 45 degrees and raining and we were really, really pathetic looking when we pulled into this campground. And this couple talked to us for a few minutes. And the whole campground really kind of rallied to cook us dinner, give us a beer, make us a fire. Chris went to sleep that night and wearing a complete stranger's socks and shirt because he didn't have any dry clothes. But so this couple that we chatted to, um, and we we gave them our contact details, um, they then followed us on on our, on our blog and, you know, tracked our progress. They were traveling around Alaska for, oh, Alaska and Canada for a couple months in an RV. So they intercepted us a month later on yeah. the cassiar highway pulled over um flagged us down fed us peanut butter and celery sticks by the side of the road <laughs> we had maybe a five minute conversation with them then and again they tracked us they continued tracking us and so when we were passing through their hometown of bend in oregon they they offered that we could stay with them so we spent three days in which they like spoiled us rotten you know took us kayaking and cooked us dinner and just like just they treated us like family and um um,
3: totally
0: rebuilt your bike. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I well, he, well, he yeah. I'm useless when it comes to working on bikes. So he he's and he's much more patient than Chris. So yeah, he talked yeah. he talked me through cleaning up my bike. You know, taking it all apart and, put, and cleaning everything and putting it all back together. Yeah, I yeah. mean they spent three three full days of their lives looking after us, which yeah. just the nicest people ever. So well, um,
1: that's that's great. Speaking of of bikes, um, you're riding surleys, if I. I'm correct if correct. How have they fared?
0: Pretty well.
3: Spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah. The the bikes themselves, no mechanical issues.
0: We've had one broken shifter cable. That, and that was since we left St George. Yep. And then I like to to tell people this that I I've had a grand total of no flat tires in four and a half thousand miles, and Chris has had five at this point. So <laughs> he he keeps insisting on riding wow. over shrapnel in the road.
3: <laughs>
1: well, he's just true. he's just being a gentleman and making sure that he gets the flat. <laughs> exactly,
3: that's what it is. If there, if there were a puddle in the road, I'd put my that, coat down. That's right, it, Chris. Uh, that's that's, ex- true. that's
1: exactly <laughs> yeah. right uh so uh you're in you're in tucson how far from there to the mexican border
3: about 125 miles i think
1: okay so that's a couple of days ride yeah yeah when do you start
3: that we're thinking on sunday with uh, this is tomorrow's thanksgiving yeah i have no idea what the dates are anymore but yeah. but yeah <laughs> sunday uh, after thanksgiving uh,
1: today is the 21st of november Okay. Speaking of Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving?
3: Uh, so we're we're staying with a friend here in Tucson that, that I know from from Michigan, and it's we're having like this totally traditional turkey dinner. Some of their family and friends are coming over, sit around the table, eat eat turkey, good drink. Beer and wine. Um, we're gonna watch the Lions, <laughs> and um, I, I wouldn't and, do that. I, that's about I, it. I, I wouldn't <laughs> do that. I would. <laughs>
0: so, I will not be watching the Lions. This is supposed to be a <laughs> celebration. I won't be paying any attention. <laughs> right.
3: And I'm making a bean pie instead of pumpkin pie. There you go. And don't knock it until you tried
1: it. I I wouldn't. I know. I never would. So Sunday, Monday, so Tuesday, you should be, or Wednesday morning, you should be. A week today, crossing the Mexican border.
3: Yikes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, make sure you post that on Facebook. I'm sure that you will.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Good. Well, Sophie and Chris, thank you for being so patient with the recording of this show, which we, we've managed to get through. And the first thing I'm going to do after this is take it off this recording device and put it onto uh, my Dropbox, and so it cannot be destroyed.
3: Um, Thank goodness!
1: But uh, it's it's great to hear about about your adventures. Uh, best of luck as you cross over the border here, and keep us appraised. It would be great to find you know in a few in a few months' time to get back for the places IP three.
0: Yeah, it seems like we should schedule a date for the end of Mexico, right? Yeah. Like yeah. That would be another, a Could good spot. When
3: a yeah. couple months out. All right.
1: A
0: whole other well, world has passed no by. No doubt. I,
1: it's, it'll be so fascinating to hear what your stories are when we get to that point. Right. Well, great. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Good luck. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you both. And we'll talk soon.
3: Pleasure, Ben. Thank you so much.
1: Take care. Thank you.
2: We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Ben and Bikes podcast. You'll find this and many other episodes about athletes, authors, filmmakers, and community organizers, all with a story to tell about bikes by visiting benandbikes.com. Thank you for listening. We'd sure appreciate it if you could rate and review the Ben and Bikes podcast wherever you listen. We appreciate your support and thanks for helping us connect with other bike enthusiasts. If you have a bike story to tell, email us, ben at benandbikes.com.